0: Well, good morning. Welcome to the Bread Truck Monday podcast. We are glad to be back with you again this week. And uh, it's a good thing you're on the other side of the microphone today because this area might be contaminated. We we have a room right now that could be uh, biohazardous. Isaac and myself... Not just because Ben's in here. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Not just because Ben's in here, but the fact that we had uh, some illness and sickness this week with Isaac and myself. and So Ben's in the biodome. He's entered Mm -hmm. the biodome. And he is going to come
1: out the other side stronger, wiser. It'll be one of the greatest miracles in history no, ben prides himself. I don't actually get sick from <laughs> both of you guys.
2: Ben prides himself on drinking 20 ounces of water a day. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. And he thinks that helps his immune system stay strong. So this is going to be the real test of his theory. He gets mad at me because I carry a water bottle around. Slummy. La- last week. I carry a water bottle around and I drink wa- plenty of water. <laughs> and uh, so Ben's going to try to prove us wrong. He's not going to get sick because he doesn't drink any water. And if you don't get sick, I will be impressed. I, I might take your
0: theory up. Last week, I, Ben got so mad at Isaac because he was drinking water
1: when he wasn't thirsty. This, this, <laughs> he, he's always drinking water when he isn't thirsty. In fact, I've never seen him thirsty. You can't get thirsty when you take a sip of water every 10 seconds for the whole hey, day. I've worked Helps with me I, get out of staff
0: meeting. Go <laughs> urine four times. That's true. I've worked with People Ben produce. for six and a half years now. I don't think I've ever seen him drink water. No, he doesn't. He's drinking separately. coffee.
2: He <laughs> drinks two cups of coffee. He's done for the day.
0: Yeah. We I, don't ha- need to bring I even asked coffee. him, I said, do, do you like drink water at lunches or meals? He's no, he doesn't
1: drink. He doesn't drink water. I drink water when I'm hot and thirsty.
0: That's when I drink water. <laughs> he never
1: does. Like he so he has,
0: only during the summer or open gym. Exactly. Yeah. If he's running or sweating, that's the only time he's <laughs> going to be drinking water at all. He's got this massive pet peeve because there's this new wave right in our world of people who carry around their their water bottles at yeah. all times, which has happened. You know what I for, think it's stupid is when people carry coffee mugs around.
2: Right. Well, I oh, always needing caffeine. You, you know what? You are an a, addict. You're fired. You're <laughs> fired. <laughs> See you later. You are an addict.
0: <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> but yeah, ben, ben is furious at this yeah. wave of people who just carry around their, their metal containers full of water for for safety and hydration. Um, but for him, oh, no. I'm
1: telling you, we I have three daughters, and we could not leave the house if they didn't have their water bottle with them. I'm like, I'm literally going to Ace Hardware for a 10-minute stop. I think you're going to survive. Like, we'd have to turn around and go back for their water bottle. It's like, what? Like... You go hours. Even when you're working, you go hours
0: sometimes without drinking water. I think that's because you just don't drink water. Like your blood must be this, this pure thing, this, syrup. Molasses like, yeah. <laughs> 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 running through your body. Anyway. But anyways. I digress. Yes. we've I've learned over the course of my, my time working with Ben, there are a couple things that tick Ben off. Number one. People that drink water. (laughs) Number number two, people that don't refill the water in the coffee machine. Oh man! So if you do that, he has these two like polar opposite of pet peeves that both include water. One is putting the water in, and those who drink the water. I love leaving that
2: thing empty. (laughs) Oh man, Isaac Isaac does does it it on purpose. I'm telling you, listen nothing better. Ho- hope to see what happens. It's here. the we only
1: go. water container anywhere in Isaac's life that's empty is the one that's in our <laughs> office. <laughs>
0: oh, my green tea. Hey, well, you need it this week when you're sick. You know yeah. that? I mean, yeah. it's, it was kind of funny. I, this, this week I was, I was watching uh, Seinfeld. I was sitting in bed, trying to let the time pass by when I was sick. And I don't know if you ever had this moment when you're sick where you're the, you just think, I'm never going to get better. Like this is it. This yeah. is this is how I will be I'm the I'm never rest. gonna crawl out of this. I'm never gonna crawl out of this. This is I'm <laughs> it's terminal. I'm in, yeah, it's terminal. <laughs> I've reached a terminal illness. And I was watching Seinfeld and I was like, I was thinking, you know, I wonder if I'll we'll ever be well enough to go to New York again. Like, that's that's what I felt like. Because I was like, <laughs> Seinfeld takes place in New York. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm never going to get back past this. But somehow the Lord has stepped in and miraculously, and re- miraculously, miraculously healed you. He raised me up. Right, and <laughs> yeah. I, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm back in it. So that's I, Josh Groban. That's not, Josh Groban.
1: Not God. Exactly.
0: <laughs> but but I, I, I am feeling a little better. And I, it's good to have Isaac back. He's feeling a little better. We were striving our best to not contaminate anyone yesterday at church. Well, we even goal. exited
1: this room for our, our staff meeting this morning, and then only to find out that I would still be locked in this room with two guys for forty five minutes. Locked, like in. that's oh. pointless. Like, there's
0: actually a key where it's like, <laughs> you're you're not allowed to go out of the podcast room. Um, no, but we're uh, we're uh, we're glad to be kind of be back and working together again. Last week we had some people out and some sickness that took place, and. Um, but, but we're here, and we're, and we're going to continue to keep pushing forward. Um, this I had
1: a big happening.
0: You did? I had a big, ha- big happening this weekend. Something did happen that was just... Something finally moved. M- some <laughs> miraculous happenings <laughs> in Ben's life.
1: What, what, was, what was it? What was it? Oh, gosh. No, you know. I traded my snow bike this weekend. What do you mean? Like the news? Wait, yeah, the where's news? the clapping sound? Do we have a <laughs> clapping? Th- I, don't, my, I don't know if we have. The, the, my wife. wife he, my here's wife the would... thing.
2: Because Ben has been preaching quite a bit lately on on letting go of possessions and, and 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 idols, and so he's made a big move and he's gone ahead and gotten rid of one of the hugest idols in his life, and. I swapped and
1: you it go. actually. Oh, you... I swapped it for another idol. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but no, when I told my wife that you had traded that for another snowmobile. Uh, for I traded a yeah. snow bike, so it's a dirt bike with a snow bike kit attached to it for a a nice snowmobile.
0: Yes. I told my wife that that you did this and she almost fell out of the chair. She said is is is, ben, just is ben, ben giving his like, faith up? Like, did, I mean, is, yeah. is, is everything <laughs> Transitioning. Yeah. Ben, ben is gone. Ben. <laughs> everything <laughs> everything has changed forever.
1: But you so you did make a trade. Yeah, I did make a trade. Yeah. It was the weirdest thing. Like I'd been kind of looking online at snowmobiles and stuff and used ones and and I found my like my number one. You know, you look, you see several that are like, oh man, those are all nice. But I found my number one. And I was like, this is my number one. If I can so I wanted to look at it. Two weekends ago, Angie and I went on a trip over to the coast for um, our anniversary. And as I was um, driving back, I realized—right before I drove back—I realized that we're going to be going right through the town, state, in Oregon, where my number one what snowmobile would be. Yeah. And so I'm like, "Hun, we got to stop. Like, I just well, want to. I just want God, God almost open the sky, exactly. sign the light. Well, I'm not even done yet. So. So I, I said we gotta stop because I'm go- we're going right through there. We have to drive right through to go home, and um, it's a three hour drive from home what to get there. And so yeah, what a what a coincidence. And so wait wait you were on your anniversary trip with your wife. Yes. And you were thinking about <laughs> well this. it was over at that point. <laughs> on we Marketplace. On we market were just, place. <laughs> uh, No, I had found, I had scouted it out before we left. But hence the anyhow, trip. So no, had nothing to do with the trip. But I was like okay so. So I, I get a hold of this guy and I'm like, you got a couple, like an hour this afternoon. I'd love to come by and lay some eyes on that because I, I, you know, you never know if it's really going to be nice or if it just, they took good pictures of it or whatever. So I went and looked at it and it was awesome. So I was like, okay, this is sweet. And we get the guy and I got to talking and he's like, um, and I told him, I, I've got a timber sled, a snow bike that I got to sell. Um, you know, uh, that would really help me out being able to afford this. And he said, well, tell me a little bit more about your timber sled. So I started telling him, he said, well, what bikes And I told him and he goes, that's why I'm selling these two sleds is to get a timber sled. And he said, why don't we just make a trade? And I'm telling you, this is like, this is probably like, I don't know, probably one in a hundred thousand people, probably more like one in every three or 400,000 people that a a swap like this would just happen like so that. so. It was an unadvertised two for one, two for one. So no, no, But he's, what he's got, saying. This is how one. we
2: justify as men. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <newest purchases>. We <laughs> so have to find this a god. Is when, a this is when, when he
1: told me that the clouds parted, yeah, the sun shone down, and angels were singing. It they was, were, it was amazing. It's a god thing. So I said, let's keep talking. So I went home, thought about it, and anyway, so I went to Staten on Saturday and traded this guy my snow bike for a snowmobile. Wow. Dang. So I'm going to ride snowmobiles this winter. So wow. So we'll see how it goes.
0: Man. I'm going to be bike-less in the, in the spring what, summer. What uh, a moment. I said, so that oh. is... For the years that I've worked with Ben, just him just gushing over timber sleds oh, and fun. how he's the only right way to do the mountain is the no timber sled, and that it's, all these people that are true. on snowmobiles are just lazy oh, and st- overweight, and all these. And then now he makes this change. <laughs> I don't know. Just getting old is what it is. All right. <laughs> Well, hey, so we are uh, in our, our series uh, in, in direction towards. I think Christmas. I just heard the wheels on the bus. That's uh, <laughs> back up.
2: All right, um,
0: but we're Usually in our series we pick on, on Isaac. Christmas. Well, hey, so, uh, sometimes you got to move. A break, what happened man? to that? You got to move around the table. Aaron's trying
1: to move us on. He had, he had a rough week. Uh, I, I think he had a rough week. You be, take
0: it yeah. easy on I me. Mean. Um, but anyways, <laughs> anyways, we are in our Christmas series, and uh, this week we talked a, a, a lot about Mary specifically, and, and we talked a lot about calling. We talked a lot about how um, when it comes to God's Word that it can be trusted. That's kind of the mm-hmm. the, the focus that we went with this week. And um, I think that one of the things that stuck out to me this week had to deal specifically with people. How do they understand their calling? How mm-hmm. do you know that what you're doing is is what God has for you. And also not even just that, but how do we like discern that? How do we hear that? How do we uh, know that? Because I mean, angels most likely haven't showed up in any of our lives and said, hey, Isaac, this is what is going to happen to you. No, you're
1: maybe. going to conceive a child. You're going, to, yeah,
0: <laughs> you're going to conceive a child. Hey, today's age. Hey, you never know. You never know. All right. Um, But better move on from that. (laughs) Right. We don't want to get canceled. Um, But, but that is a very hard question. Very hard question. in this idea of how do we understand our calling? How do we know that we're doing? And the funny, the funny thing about that is I think a lot of times uh, people in ministry struggle with that, but people that go about their regular day-to-day things struggle with that exact thing. Am I vocationally doing what I'm called to do? Am I living in the right, place like where my family's at for the right kind of calling. All, all of these kinds of things are the thing that are hard to d- discern and to understand inside of one's heart. But you started out with this uh, this phrase that you can trust God to keep his word. And so obviously that's something that we can hold uh, fast to. Um, religion is, is man trying to get to God. It's the, our own heroic efforts, but faith is God being the hero for us. I'm mm-hmm. stepping into that gap. So, what did you mean by that, Ben? In terms of you can trust God's word, and that God is going to keep His word for us.
1: Yeah. So, one of the one of the first things that we talked about on Sunday was the idea that when the Old Testament closes with the Book of Malachi, um, there's a prophecy there that God, before the day of the Lord comes, um, there will be um, a resending of the prophet Elijah to turn the hearts of Israel. Um, back to children to their fathers and fathers to their children. And um, in Luke 1, um, when the angel appears to Zechariah, that's actually almost verbatim, definitely a very strong allusion to the Malachi prophecy. And by the way, Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament, and that is the last two verses of the last two the last two verses of the last book of the Old Testament. And then you've got 500 years of silence before the New Testament starts. And I think it's no coincidence that the New Testament opens with the angel quoting the very words Mm. of Malachi um, to Zechariah saying, the time is now fulfilled for the promise of God um, and his coming and his Messiah. And so, you know, I get tired of waiting on God if I pray and I wait, a year for a a prayer to be answered. These people have been praying for 500 years, yeah, <laughs> and waiting for their Messiah to come. And so God had made a prophecy um, a number of times that uh, that this is all going to take place. Um, that's my phone. That's all right. That was me. That's fine. Sorry. Silent mode. Don't this was all going to take place. Um, after the exiles returned, and so there'd be a, a time frame around it. So the, they were looking forward to it. when they returned to their land. There would be a certain amount of time, and then the Lord would come. So yeah.
0: Um, and so the angel shows up to Zechariah and, and so, makes this proclamation. So
1: God keeps His promise.
0: And I, I, I it hit me, I guess, uh, when you were talking about the idea of the angel showing up to Zechariah, is the fact that he had this scene right in front of him. This is the, the evidence. I'm proclaiming <laughs> this to you. And then he's like, "Give me, give me a sign.
1: Give me a sign. <laughs> like, there's an angel standing there talking to yeah. you. Uh, yeah, yeah. your your underwear are soaked. Yeah, exactly. There's <laughs> <laughs> your sign. There's your, your sign. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you are falling on your face. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. So I, you know, God, God keeps his word. And, um, so whether, you know, when he, when he speaks to us through his word and he says, this is, this is, this is what I'm promising you. Um, I'm promising you forgiveness. I'm promising you salvation. I'm promising you that I'm not going to remember your sins anymore. I'm promising. There's all these promises, right? So, I'm promising you that you're going to live forever in in eternity with me, and we sometimes we believe it and sometimes not.
0: Yeah, so. and I think one of the things that you you dealt with a lot, and and it helped clear it up for me, is the fact that a lot of times we doubt it because we have the limitations that we have in our own life. We place those onto God, mm. that God is not able to do this, not able to overcome this, because I myself cannot do this or overcome this either. Mm-hmm. And that limitation on God is, you know, if you really think about it from the 30,000 foot perspective is stupid because it's like, yeah, Oh, he's God. He can do what he wants. Kevin Bryan always says that, right? God is God. Mm-hmm. He can do what he wants. Um, but we place those limitations on God to say, well, God, like I don't think that's possible. Right. And you, you, when you look at, at Zechariah and then, then you look at obviously Mary later on the, the whole statement is still the same, right? How can this be? How can it be possible that this is going to take place even though the angel is standing right there in front of them at, at that moment, right? Mm-hmm. And so we place these limitations on God. It What does that do in our own hearts when we place those that limitation on God, you know, as opposed to, to the trust that could be there? I think it makes us feel responsible to make it
2: happen, that it's up to us to make the calling happen in our lives, or it's up to us to to live holy and blameless and it removes the Holy Spirit's power to sanctify. It removes the Holy Spirit's ability to guide. Um, if we don't think God's able to do it then we just kind of shut that door on God's face basically. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and we miss out on an awesome opportunity for God, um, to work miracles in our lives. Ben, you asked yesterday, what would have happened if Mary would have said no. (laughs) Um, well, you know that would have changed the redemption of the entire species,
0: um, yeah, the entire world. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I think that's that's the point that I'm trying to get to there, Isaac. Is the fact that when we when we place those limitations on God, what we're all the, all that we're doing is we're closing the door inside of our own hearts for God to do great and amazing things. You know, and mm-hmm. we, we're placing it's so wild, but we're placing the 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 you know the the. You know those leashes you have for your dog that like have like little retractable, they, they're retractable yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're placing, we're trying to place that on God. Well, God, yeah. yes, you can go seventeen feet, but you can't go twenty feet. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's that's ridiculous. You know, God can do what He wants to do, and He will do what mm-hmm. He wants to do. He has that power, but we sometimes kind of hinder God in that way. Or we try I think to. the
1: point being with Zechariah and Elizabeth, obviously, his doubt that God could do what He said He was going to do had to do with the limitation of Him and His wife's age. Yeah. And and I think that anytime time when you, we put those limits on God, what we're really saying is, um, Lord, you you can only work within the natural sphere of things. Mm-hmm. And that's just proven time and time again to be wrong, completely false throughout history. And that's one thing that the naturalistic worldview has to reckon with is that there have been many, many events throughout history that looking at it from strictly a, a, a naturalistic perspective, there's no explanation for. Yeah, It, it falls short of even explaining it. So, um, and my, my point was just simply that you, your limitations don't limit God. And yeah. I think sometimes we, we don't accept a calling on our life um, because we don't think we're capable Hmm. in some way. And that's really where Zechariah and Elizabeth found themselves is trying to decide, will we believe that God can do this, even if we know that our physical bodies are limited in this way. Mm-hmm. And I think we do the same thing. Um, we say, God, well, you can't use me. I can't be a missionary because I'm not taught to dot dot. Right. Or I can't, you know, I can't serve at the soup kitchen because I don't have this or I, you know, I can't. I can't be a pastor, I can't be a leader, or I can't lead a Bible study, or whatever it is. Um, and we place those limitations on God because of our own physical limitations.
0: Yeah. So. Well, you said you said this phrase, and, and I, I want to jump to it right away, because I said it was, it was. you said it, you ran right past it, and I was like, man, that is crazy, and we need to d- dive in that a little deeper in the podcast. You said, he's got a higher calling, I'm talking about God, obviously. Mm-hmm. He's got a higher calling for you than you have for yourself. What do you mean by that, man? That When you said that, I imagine there's people in the church like, what? <laughs> like, what, yeah. where am I going? You know, what, what's happened? I mean, what, do you, what, do you, what were you trying to get to with that? But also, like, what does that mean?
1: Yeah. Well, obviously, I mean, all, all of our work has value. It does. It doesn't matter whether, you know, whether you're, um, you know, fixing plumbing on houses or you're wiring houses or building, or whatever you're doing, when you're a car mechanic a stay-at-home mom whatever whatever your work is it all has value um but there's um there but there's a calling on each one of our lives not just to be a christian but to be an ambassador for christ yeah. and that is our highest calling okay and so how how that works itself out in our lives is is always a higher calling than any other work that we do and sometimes they're not necessarily mutually exclusive I mean you can you can be sharing Christ with people while you're wiring their house or whatever, you know, and yeah. whatever you're doing for a vocation. And actually most of the time what, it should be. And right? most of the time, that's how, how it works. Mm. Um, but, um, sometimes God calls us deeper and he calls us to a point of sacrifice to let go of something, um, some dream, some plan, some hope that we had for ourselves. Um, I, I, I'll give you one example. I, I really, really wanted to, uh, Race motocross growing up, and that's what I wanted to bad. But motocross races are always on Sundays, and the Lord called me into ministry when I was in high school. And so, you know, obviously, if you're gonna be any good at motocross racing, you better get good when you're young, because you you're not gonna bounce when you're older. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you m- what you do, you're, you're gonna just, break. Yeah, you, you just, just <laughs> break. Yeah, <laughs> you just yeah, you bounce three times, and then you end up in the <laughs> ER. So, um, and and so i I I the only races I ever raced were on Saturdays you know which are very few and I probably would have raced and I would have got into it if I had um but church was my priority mm. and so sometimes we have to let go of our own dreams in order to pursue God's and so um and and you know what I said last week is 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 absolutely true you know that whatever he's got on the docket for you is Way better than what you had. Mm.
0: All right, question so, for you. Personal. Ready for a personal question here? So you wanted to be a motocross person. What do you call that? Motocross racer. rider. rider. Okay. Motocross rider. God called you into ministry. Mm-hmm. Have you ever doubted that calling?
1: Into ministry? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. What does that look like for you? Or what has that looked like for you? Um. Well, I think probably the times when it's sometimes the loudest. That doubt is the loudest. Is, is seeing... Um, peers of mine that they're not necessarily more intelligent, more talented, more whatever, and they're good work- looking. Well, certainly <gasps> not very, good very looking. very few. Um, <laughs> 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 well, and to see and to see the financial comfort that they have. Okay, um, and so that's kind of one of those things where if you're going to be a pastor, you're going to be you're going to be taken care of, but you're not going to be you're never going to be wealthy. Right. You know, that's I mean, most likely unless you marry into it or, or your parents are wealthy and you inherit it or something like that. But that's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So um, I think other times, is, I think the other times when I've doubted the calling is when, and I, and I think it's true that our calling, God's calling on our life is dynamic in the sense that it's not a static calling would be to say, well, you're going to be a plumber and you're always going to be a plumber. You can never be anything else. That right. would be a static calling. But a dynamic calling is saying, well, You know, um, you're going to be, uh, you're going to be a professional athlete for the next couple of years until your body gets too old. And then obviously you can't be that anymore. So you're going to have to, you have to make some kind of a life transition and become a coach or whatever, you know, analyst. Yeah, exactly. So, so that, that's, that's a good example of a, of a dynamic calling where it changes with the phases of your life. And I think that's true of ministry. Right. Well, and I and think that's what i doubted it. Most, that's so. true
0: also of our world today more than probably ever in history, right? There was, I mean, my, my grandpa, he went to work uh, for Weyerhaeuser um, at the night shift at 17 years old. He never finished high school. He went right to work. To he worked for 50 years with Weyerhaeuser <laughs> yeah. doing the exact same thing every day. He retired. And then he went on to do his retirement life. That's all he ever, and that's what his life was. But today, people are changing jobs five, six times. A, like, there's actually the average is like five times a lifespan. Mm-hmm. You're actually going to change full careers, you know. Mm-hmm. And some of that might might be in connection to, you know, your calling is different. Right. Mm-hmm. Some of that is maybe doubting one's calling in that space, whatever that if you're a plumber and then you want to move to to being a teacher, to being a you know, brain surgeon, whatever, whatever that looks like. Right. Your 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 calling is doubted by maybe what's happening inside of your own life. But Isaac, for yourself, have you ever doubted your your calling that, that you know, you went into ministry really young, you know, and I don't know if you wanted to be a dirt bike racer or not, <laughs> but but have you ever doubted that that calling inside of your life?
2: Um, yeah, I've always wanted to be a pastor from the earliest time I can really remember. I remember I went to Switzerland with my family when I was like three and uh, preached my first sermon in an ancient church there. Um, At three? Three years old.
0: What was, do you I remember? I have no idea how what terrible were the it point, was. What were the it was, points? It was terrible.
2: <laughs> um,
0: but yeah. I've, I've and been, we will have cookies every week. That was like. God says. God says. Ice cream and
2: cookies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's something my parents told me. That's what I did from my youngest age. And I always saw my dad. He was pastor growing up so i saw him doing what he did and loved it um but yeah ministry hasn't always been easy for sure and there's been seasons where i just feel like that i've absolutely failed and and didn't um honor god as well as i could have if i had a better skill set or something like that yeah um and when my dad passed away and i struggled to to lead a church being pretty fresh and pretty green. Like there were seasons where I was like, man, what in the heck am I doing? Mm-hmm. I just need to go. My brother's good at construction. I like building things. Let's just go start a construction business. And, um, so yeah, it's, it's been tough, but I think during those seasons where I've been questioning it, God always seems to speak to reaffirm, um, a special calling in that regard of my life. And that's been a grace from God because I think otherwise I wouldn't still be doing it. Yeah. Um, when I graduated just recently from Multnomah, I felt a really special anointing to, to keep at it. And uh, those are just things that God kind of speaks in. Cause I, I just, I'm going to do it. I've got a lot of self doubt. Um, so when those times come, he's faithful to remind me that in this season, I still want you here. Um, and I, I agree. I think callings can be dynamic and there's, um, nothing wrong with listening to the voice of God to lead you somewhere else. Um, by all means. But for me, when I really start to doubt, it seems like God comes in and reminds me of the continued calling. Yeah.
0: See, for me, one of the things that, I, that I've struggled with is the balance of, like, my identity as well as what, I've, what I do as a job. And, yeah. and, and so for, like, being in ministry, there, you know, there's times when I haven't been as successful I know what I mean by that, like well, numerically, you know, with people that when I was youth pastor, there was times where you know kids show up to youth group oh, and yeah. there's like six, and you're like, oh Lord, this is I'm the <laughs> I'm worst. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I had to say, because otherwise there'd be no one else there, right? And but that but that comes back on myself, and I, and I think to the I think to God, like God, like am I actually called to this? Like, am I actually good at this? because look at the results, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. The results are, are, are pointing to my, my inabilities, my, my limitations that, that are there. And then when I went through seasons, like when, when I got fired at a job because of the attendance numbers weren't great in terms of my student involvement. And because of that, then I'm sitting there in my truck, you know, thinking like I have no value, you know, yeah, clearly because, I'm not, yeah, I'm clearly well, not called to this because of the fact that look at now this, this outside force, basically my mm-hmm. bosses have said this you're not good at this which so. is even hard when they're appointed by
2: god to be where they're at it's right quote unquote i put those in quote marks yeah. right they're, you can they're hear those leaders the, of the, the church there. Yeah. um they're saying we're firing you because of this like, yeah that, that's hard
0: to to differentiate that voice from the voice of god right and and, and that doubt then is speaking on my heart is not just only of like you know, I, I also don't always view myself in the most highest of light. You know, I'm, I'm kind of like, well, you're, you're, you're terrible, go eat mud. And then now somebody else is saying the same thing about me. And so I'm like, okay, well, then it must be true, mm-hmm. right? And so for me, like, I think one of the things when it comes to, like, you, you guys had very young callings into mm-hmm. ministry for myself. Like, my dad was a pastor and I didn't want to do what he did because he was so much better at it than I think I could ever do. Mm-hmm. He was so good at it. And I was like, well, I'm, I gotta go do something Else for the Lord, because that's going to be better use of my my you know life, I guess. Mm-hmm. And when when I remember when I finally felt like the calling on my heart, I remember telling God, no, like mm-hmm. this is I'm not good enough. I'm not mm-hmm. good enough to be able to, to fulfill this. And much like Mary and much like you know Zachariah, they're saying like sometimes no, you know, in this in this way. And God's saying, don't, don't say no to me. <laughs> you yeah. know, like the limitation is not uh, like, because you're limited. I, ha- I am unlimited mm. in, in that way. And, and, you know, I, I think you're right. calling is a seasonal thing and it, and it's, it's transitional where there may be a time where each, all three of us have other callings that'll come on, p- on part of our life, you know, and that, mm. that might be something that it's whether it's calling us out of this place or into something different, in even inside of this place, you know that's yeah. where we have to stay open to to, to God. And you said a phrase and near in the end of your sermon. You said that God's word is to believe, be believed, and obeyed, mm-hmm. right? And so, o- obeying's the hard the hard part, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so, what, where do we, what do we see in in this story of of Christ's birth that we see this obeying taking place?
1: Yeah, I think you know Mary obviously is the you know, the pinnacle of this example in the story, you've got, and I kind of contrasted the way that Zechariah responds to the news that his aged wife is going to conceive and have a, have a son versus how Mary responds when the angel tells her essentially, um, a similar thing. Um, not exactly the same, but, and I, I think, you know, Mary is that example where she says, you know, I'm the Lord's servant. May your word, um, to me, be fulfilled. NIV is what it says, and so um, I think um, making ourselves available to God, and instead of having a death grip on our own life, which is kind of an oxymoron. How can you have a death grip on your <laughs> life? But, but yeah, that 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 that's what we're we're trying to be that way as Christians where we ha- hold on to our own life loosely that's what Jesus says you know whoever would save his life um will lose it and whoever would lose their life for my sake um will find it mm-hmm. he also says unless you give up all you have you can't be my disciple um and there's of course the the crazy uh um hyperbole where he says unless you hate your father and mother even your own family, you cannot be my disciple. And there's this sense in which there's a huge sacrifice, a huge level of sacrifice that's required um, in order to um, to join God's plan. Mm-hmm. And and so, and I think the same is true for Mary. I mean, Mary, here she is a virgin, she's engaged to a man. What's this gonna look like? Obviously to the watching world, what's this gonna look like to her fiance who knows he's not the father? you know, and we could go on and on about that. We've heard those stories obviously a lot around Christmas time, but, but we definitely see this, you know, where she, she says yes. And, um, says, all right, let's do this, you know? And because of that, it's a different world, you know? Before I move off the
2: topic of calling too much, I'm going to go back to that. Cause obviously it's, there's three of us who are in the ministry full-time and a lot of people listening are not. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes we get the idea that there's a higher calling of, of ministry, a call like ministry is just like you're special with God if you're in ministry. Um, And there's scriptures that talk about being judged more strictly if you're in ministry. Yeah. Um, And it is a special calling. There's no doubt about that. But um, I do want to say that for, for every single person, we talk about this idea of calling. It can be a weird phrase because a lot of times in the church, we only use that terminology for ministry people.
1: Um, Missionaries. Right. Pastors, um,
2: but et But I, I was kind of struck when, Ben, you were preaching yesterday, and I just got to thinking about the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, the work of the Holy Spirit in, in Mary's life was to create. Um, the same word that was used in Genesis 1 for the Holy Spirit Um, Hovering over the face of the waters how the holy spirit was going to work um was going to basically fill mary with the son of god it was he was going to overshadow same word used in genesis 1 to um, to hover over and it's this creative brooding that the holy spirit does in mary's life um, that is going to work the greatest miracle the world's ever known and so the holy spirit foundationally works a creative is is a creative force Um, and that's one of the first things we see about the Holy Spirit is that it's present in creation um, at the moment of creation as a tool of creation as a means by which God creates um, through the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit creates through Mary And through Mary's obedience, she is then going to create, as you said, a redemptive story for humanity, which that was a whole nother thing that we should talk about. That was really cool. Yeah, that was a
0: super cool idea because Ben touched on the idea that when it comes to uh, sin, sin entered the world. Uh, through a woman as we we see through Eve taking the Mm -hmm. the fruit and that's where sin entered the world. And then obviously man's right behind that, probably right there present as well. And then obviously man sins, And then you transitioned that to the fact that when it comes to Mary, Mary is now the the second Eve, the new Eve, Eve. the new Eve. Where she is now going to help bring redemption mm-hmm. through the woman. And I think Sin leaves the world. Sin leaves the effect, world through her. Yeah. Through her, yeah.
2: So and, I wanna come back to that. I wanna finish my thought real go ahead, sorry. quick. Sorry, sorry i let I finish that. Which
0: is that when
2: God created Adam and Eve, He said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, etc." And that same creative act the Holy Spirit um, does in creating the world and in creating life in Mary it's that's our foundational calling as well is to create in this world and to create beauty um, is to go out from um, where god had created adam and eve and to fill that place with goodness and so Hmm. if you think about each and every one of our callings god has given us skill sets and jobs no matter what they are and in every one of those areas we are called to create and to make goodness um through the skill sets and through what god has called us to so if you think about it, foundationally is creating goodness wherever you go. And that's what Christ, when Christ came, he he kind of became that for the world. He started to fill the world with the salvation, with the goodness of God. And when we follow Jesus, we then take that out to other dark corners as well. So foundationally, just think of yourself as a fellow creator, mm-hmm. uh, making awesome things and um, creating Um, wholeness and and goodness wherever you're at,
0: right? You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a missionary
2: Yeah, we make, you know, all of us are called to make disciples as followers of Jesus. And Mm. so whether you want to do that full-time in ministry or whether you want to do that full-time as a plumber, do it. Um, And you're making, that's the best thing you can make. That's the best thing you can use your life to invest in is followers of Jesus. And
0: then you can do that wherever the heck you are. Well, and I think we, we need to encourage people to as well, that if they do feel like they've come to those moments of doubt, (laughs) <laughs> in their calling, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. You're not alone. Yeah. We, we've all experienced that. We've all felt that. We all know exactly what that feels like. Even inside of callings that we, we are, you know, called to make disciples as an actual career. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a honestly, it's probably a much higher calling to. As a plumber to to reach out to the person that you're just, you know, working on their plumbing with, you know, because that person is not coming through the doors of a church. They're not prepared for that. Yeah, they're not prepared for that. They're not striving to be a disciple in that way. We kind of have a little bit of a benefit that people are coming into this relationship with the idea that they're going to be discipled, right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of part, part of what our job is yeah awesome well yeah let's get this real fast just this this Eve idea right so I'm sorry I'm sorry to cut you off on that Isaac earlier, no, but um, but but when it comes to the um, the, the sanctification and, and redemption coming through Mary um, what was your point with that Ben and what, where were you going with that specifically
1: uh, yeah so Mary's the new Eve um, basically that as sin came into the world through Eve um, then redemption. Um, comes into the world through Mary. And the reaction that each one of them has to the Word of God mm. um, are opposites. So first of all, you've got Eve, who God says, don't eat of the tree um, lest you die. And of course, Eve questions, and the serpent plants the question. And rather than walking in obedience to God and turning away from the fruit, um, Eve looks at it and says, it'll make me wise, powerful, um, like God, knowing good and evil. And so she had these egotistical um, aspirations for herself. She rebelled against God and ate the fruit. And of course, Adam follows suit. Um, Whereas uh, Mary, um, she hears the word of God through an angel who says that um, you're going to conceive a child and um, the power of the Most High will overshadow you and the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And rather than um, rebelling and being disobedient to God's word, Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be unto me, as you have said, and may your word be fulfilled um, in my life. And so absolutely polar opposite reactions to the word of God. Um, one rejected and rebelled, the other received it and obeyed it, and thereby, um, obviously, one brought sin into the world and the other brought redemption into the world. And so um, this, this thought does not originate with me. Irenaeus, one of the early church fathers, lived in the mid-2nd century, um, proposed this idea as well, and it's really a fantastic um, parallel. Parallel. Um, or contrast, I should say, um, of these two two mm-hmm. women. So pretty powerful thought. But but my point in getting there with that was I think all of us, male or female, have a choice to, to emulate Eve or to emulate Mary. To say, really, God? No, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going my own way when we hear what God's Word says to us. Whereas Mary says, okay, may your Word be to me according to what you have said. So there's an acceptance of it and a, and a willingness to walk in obedience and relationship with God, and then there's the other side of it. And so I think everyone has to make that decision on which is it going to be for us. So.
0: Right, and that was your landing point, right? Mm-hmm. That was your invitation, that when it comes to us, we now have that, that ability to choose. Are we going to listen and obey? Are we going to believe and obey? Mm-hmm. Or are we going to choose to live inside of whatever we yeah. want to do? Yeah,
1: and you could apply this you could apply this to really, I think every every person has two callings on their life. The first one is the call to follow Christ, right? That's the first mm-hmm. calling is to come in relationship with God, to uh, be saved from your sin and become a child of God. But I think secondly is kind of how that taking that good news and becoming a light for Christ, how that's going to play itself out in your life. Um, and whether that's through your vocation um, or alongside of your vocation, or or whatever the whatever your the case, case is, yeah, and with your family and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So, and those specifics, those are the ones that people have a harder. Once they've decided to follow Christ, then the question becomes, how do I know what He wants me to do with my life? Yeah, and that's a tough question. That's a whole whole lot more than we could ever unpack in a forty minute podcast. So, yeah. and, and um, I want I want people out there to hear that that's it's it's a difficult. It's a very tough question. By the way, I'll give a resource for that. Um, yeah, if that's ahead. a question you're asking, like what does God want me to do with my life? There's an outstanding book by Gordon Smith called "Courage and Calling." Did you read that one in seminary? You should, I don't know. Uh, I can't remember if I read that one. I, I thought I read it at minimum. I don't remember, but um, outstanding books called "Courage and Calling" uh, by Gordon Smith. And Shout out Gordon mm-hmm. Smith. Yeah, it, it is. It is. It is a it is an excellent book on how to discover what. God uniquely gifted you and designed you to do with your life mm. and how you can honor him with it. So it's a, just really a, f- a fantastic read. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that was like a rabbit trail. But, no, no, but that's, that's good because
0: I, what we're saying is that, you know, we, even in this little roundtable conversation that we're, we're having right now, we're not going to be able to tell you what you're called to. <laughs> You know, you said the phrase, God, I
1: tell you you're called to follow Christ.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're called to follow Christ. And then the second calling, like you talked about, that might be something that's fluid, honestly, through, through most of your life where you're just like, Hey, it's, it's this for this time. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I'm in this chapter. And then from the next chapter, it might be something different. You know,
1: the one caveat I would say to that is Jesus has some really strong words when he talks about, um, no one who puts their hand to the plow and then looks back is fit for the kingdom of heaven and i think there is a danger yes our callings can be dynamic in some sense but in one sense they are not dynamic they are static when we are called to follow christ we are called to be a co-laborer with him and with his holy spirit to um to telling the world about who he is and what he's done for us and that you can't put your hand to the plow and look back. That might take different expressions throughout your life. Um, And and those are tough questions. Yeah. Um, Take a lot of... of, um, I mean, we did
0: an entire series on it. What like last year, this whole idea of shape shape, and how to... And and that was literally eight weeks or whatever it was of us trying to figure out what are you you good at? What are are you you gifted at? Be gifted at. You know, what what things has God placed inside of your heart that you're passionate about? Mm -hmm. And even then... People at the end of our life groups are like, I still don't I know, still don't know yeah, what yeah. I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Which is completely okay. Yeah. It, and that, yeah. and that's gonna, yeah. It's going to be a challenge every single time.
1: Well, and, and if you're one of those people that you're saying, oh, I just don't know what I'm called to. Well, do the next right thing. You yeah. don't sit around and wait until you have this great moment of clarity <laughs> where the clouds part and the sun shines down. And angels start singing, and you know exactly what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Most people never get that moment. If you're waiting for that, you're going to waste a lot of years. Do the next right thing. Yeah. You know enough to go out and make a difference for Christ. Start making a difference one day, one moment at a time, and the Lord will—he'll just keep directing you. Yeah. You know, so it's beautiful. Member of the week.
0: Member of the week. I got, a, shout I, got, a, I, got a, I got a shout out for a member of the week who's just been such a blessing to me. And I'm sad. I'm so sad because he's moving as well. Aww. But but Guy Souter. Guy,
2: Guy Souter
0: has been such a blessing to me. But he's only a couple of weeks away from moving. I, I've trained up so many people on the soundboard and all these kind of times, and every single one of them's moved. So the next person that I train up, you're staying forever. You're Maybe they, somebody else should train them up. That's so. exactly pattern. <laughs> There's definitely a pattern of them moving. But Guy, I appreciate you, man. You make it sound so good on Sunday morning. Thanks, you're, Guy. you're a lot of times in the background. You've been on stage now, obviously playing bass and all those kind of things. But I, I appreciate you because you just are a, a servant. You have, mm-hmm. you have a heart of a servant and you're going to be doing great things on your where you move down to and, and, and God's going to be blessed through that. You're going mm-hmm. in kind of be a missionary, honestly, mm-hmm. is what he's striving yeah, to do, awesome. um, which I'm really stoked for him. But again, sad to see great people leave.
1: Yeah, Guy and Phyllis, we're going to miss you guys. It's going yeah. to be uh, not the same church without you, but um, in the short time that you've been with us, it's been uh, super cool to to see the Lord use you guys and see you jump in and and be a part. So yeah,
0: Absolutely. Well, so this next, week, we have we have a busy next two weeks here at the church. If you don't know, obviously we have a service coming up this, this week and then we have a Christmas Eve service mm-hmm. that'll be happening on Saturday, the 24th. That's always the 24th every single year. <laughs> Thank you. Just, just, just so you're, you're well aware of your calendars. This year, we're gonna have a, a three o'clock and a five o'clock service because it's Saturday uh, night as opposed to being uh, a mi- middle of the week. People most likely won't be working on that kind of thing. And then Christmas morning, we're gonna have uh, a service that's happened on Christmas morning and I just found out today that I'm going to be singing a cappella by myself. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> bring your scorecards. <laughs> yeah. Please bring as many tomatoes to throw <laughs> at me as possible. No, everyone's going to sing. That's going to be the mandatory oh, we're, thing. We're not hope. going to. I'm, gonna, just gonna like, really, <laughs> I'm
1: just going to be like... Everybody holds your singing. I'm just going to be standing up there awkwardly. Have you seen that? Have you seen those awkward family photos? Yes. That's We're going to reenact that. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, Aaron's okay. gonna be like, <laughs> "Oh man, what a horrible for you, thing!" Buddy.
0: We talked about let's make Christmas real simple. Aaron's gonna be like, "Let's make let's make it family, and let's also put a <laughs> mic on stage and just have." <laughs> Aaron singing by himself.
1: The great let's see, idea. Let's see if we can make oh. this as awkward as humanly possible for Aaron. This is going to be fun. So, oh, if man. you're a church family member and you're listening to this, you have to come on Christmas Sunday morning because I can guarantee you, you will see Aaron in a whole oh, new line. Oh my uh, goodness! It's going to be so much fun. It's, it's going to be horrible. Whole yeah. Please don't. Please don't.
0: No. <laughs> the Lord will be glorified. I, I just It'll be, here's
1: what I want to coach the church family to do though: make sure that you don't start singing for. at Least about five or six words. So Aaron has to sing a super awkward solo.
0: (laughs) I gotta go five five bars a (laughs) cappella before anybody else jumps in. Great great. Well, um, I'll be updating my resume here real <laughs> soon. So look forward to that. But no, uh, we have Christmas Eve, 20, 24th We'd love to have you invite people to that. Uh, come and bring your families. It's going to be a great event. Um, no childcare at that. It's going to be obviously all the whole family all together. Um, super Christmas, interactive. Yeah, super kids. interactive. Yep. Christmas morning, we're going to have a full family service for that too as well. Get a chance to spend time together. Kind of make it feel like as if you were at your home, right? Mm-hmm. Celebrating the Christmas story around. around the the tree in that case, but we're gonna be right around the manger when it comes to that. So look forward to that in the next couple of weeks. Thank you so much for for listening in and we will see you next week. Have a great rest of your week.